Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Six seconds to go. Comes in to Tucker. Ewing sets a screen. The shot is off. Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Stricken Roll. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 44. I'm joined by a second-time guest of one of our pods. Uh, his name is Yossi Goslin. He is a contributor on Hit Hoops Hype. He runs all the salary cap sheets for them. Yossi, how are you doing today? Uh, not bad. Uh, just uh, enjoying this mental reset from all the NBA. It's been nice. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, don't 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 get too comfortable. Though. You never know when you get the the Woj bomb about you know Damian Lillard getting traded in some complex five team trade. I, I just uh, wish there was like a rule <laughs> where free agency had to be announced like just slowly. Like let us react to one thing at a time. Uh, just this, uh, <laughs> just this like massive bubble bursting all the news at once uh you know it's i could only cover so much stuff at once but it'd be nice if like you know, only now we're learning that uh the rockets are signing jock Wandale or something yeah i always i always think it's funny because i'm assuming like these contracts drop and then you get 15 questions from people like me that are just like is this fully guaranteed and you're like i have no fucking idea um and we're going to talk about how exciting all that stuff is but before we get started i do have to make a few announcements the first being strickland has an instagram check that out that is at the strict.land on instagram we're posting all kinds of new content there the strickland also has a youtube channel where you may be watching this podcast if you are and you haven't done so already please hit like and then subscribe to the channel that'd be a huge help to us the strickland also has merchandise you can find that on our website at thestrick.land. We have all kinds of stuff on there. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, water bottles, even coffee mugs. You name it, we got it. Check it out. Again, that is on our website at thestrick.land. And then finally, the Strickland has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There is a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, the podcast that I host every Friday with friends. You also get access to the Strickland Mailbag, hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, a.k.a. the Doug Bag, alongside Dallas Amico that comes out every other week. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There is a $9 tier that gets you access to this podcast right here, Strick and Roll, Hello Pod, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There is a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits like listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. And none of this would be possible without Bet Online, whose ad copy I am currently waiting to load. Um, they're great. They're a wonderful sponsor. We love them. Uh, I'm going to totally read exactly what I need to as soon as it opens up. And we are here. Slowly but surely, BetOnline is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. 
Get the latest odds and lines and the latest match reports for the Cheers NBA playoffs. Bet online is your sports Intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, golf, UFC, and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play for right from your home. Get into the action today, so head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to start with like a broad CBA question here, and just your read on this because there's been a lot of talk about oh man this deal it's going to kill the middle class it's going to kill the middle class the NBA and there was a lot of like that analysis that went out before this free agency and I think some of the stuff that we saw in the free agency strengthened people's beliefs on that and I actually don't feel that way and I want to get your thoughts on this because. The way I interpret this is, yes, the middle class in some ways of the NBA, the non-star class, however you want to put it, got killed in, in many ways during this free agency. But I also feel like you have to give time, teams time to unwind their salary cap that they had structured in a specific way because they were operating in a world where the salary cap was entirely different. Um, there weren't the two aprons. There weren't these restrictions that change your flexibility in terms of how you can make trades and all this type of stuff. And on top of that, every projection I've seen, maybe you can correct me if you've heard anything differently, has the cap jumping year on year almost steadily at 10%. And I know that sounds crazy because it's like, you know, fucking no market goes up 10% every year. But given the TV rights and how important that is and how expensive those will be, I don't think this is an outlandish pro- projection. And when you, you know, you project it out, I think like, you know, the J- Jalen Brown's contract went out and everybody got their jokes in, including myself. Um, but like, I think in the final year of that contract, there's a chance the cap is at like 220 million. And so I guess my question is like, do you think that's accurate that like the middle class is just going to be annihilated as we move forward into this new cap? Or do you think like, I mean, is my theory correct that teams maybe just need some time to to adjust, and in a couple of years we'll be seeing a different, we'll be singing a different tune? So I think you're 100 percent right on that exact point. That most teams, they, you know, this was a huge shock to them, or uh, you know, they've been planning a certain way, and now they gotta start planning a different way. Uh, teams like the Warriors, Clippers. They can't just do this overnight. They're, their team's so expensive. They can't just expect them to make these massive changes uh, in one off season to adjust. Uh, I think, though, and I've thought about this, I do think, yeah, there is a possibility that the middle class could get hurt. And that's mostly, in my opinion, if teams continue to uh, give out, spend um behaving with max contracts the way that they've been in the past, that's specifically handing out max contracts to players that aren't the elite top 10, 15 guys. Uh, And I, off the top of my head, I can't really like think of who were those guys this off season, but I mean, you could argue Jalen Brown would be an example of that. So I'll get to Jalen in a second, but yeah, I think one example, I think a guy that really got hurt, possibly James Harden. I I wonder if there was a, a scenario where if these uh, restrictions didn't come in, maybe the Sixers would have been okay 
uh, overpaying him even like a one or two year max, something like that. Uh, but obviously there was no market. So I think no matter what, this was going to happen to Harden. But let's say the six, let's say there was more of a market. Uh, I could see like if the CBA was still going like it was, I could see him getting overpaid just to close to the max, just to uh, keep him around. I mean, Kyrie got a lot of money. I don't think there really was any team offering him that much. Uh, <clears throat> so I guess that's another example right there, though. But, yeah, Jalen Brown, he's like a top 20-ish guy. Uh, I don't think he should be getting paid the same percentage of the cap relative to Giannis and Jokic and all the other really top elite guys. So, uh, and that's more of a, I think that's more though of a criticism of the Supermax system. The, the fact that this was his first all NBA appearance and he got it the exact time he needed it to qualify. That's really the only reason he's in this position. Uh, but I was wondering, will there be teams trying to negotiate more? Maybe instead of giving him the max 35, uh, maybe they could have given him like 32, 33. I think that would have made a lot more sense. Um, and the only time we've ever seen that, I'm pretty sure, with Rudy Gobert got like 32%. Yeah, right, right. So it's, it's, it's one of those tough things, right? Because you're like, yeah, like on, on the dollars and cents, it makes sense to offer him less than 35%. But if you're Jalen Brown and you're his agent, especially, you're like, your guys are over the cap anyway. Like, like what is the extra 2 3% here that you're saving? What is that really doing for you? Exactly. And also, it's like, do you really want me to go to my client and be like, look, they're going to give you five years, 290, but they can't do five years, 304. And it's just one of those weird things where it's like the numbers, I think I agree with you. You know, I, I don't think he's worth the 35% max. Hell, I think like you can argue the 30% max is about his max limit, but like it's you're managing humans also. And it's tough to go to Jalen and his agent and be like, well, you know, you qualified for this 35% max, but actually we don't think you're a top 15 player in the league. And the guy, and he's going to be like, Wait, what, what the fuck do you mean? You don't think I'm a top 15 player in the league. Everybody else does apparently. Um, so I think that one is tough. And then it's also one where I'm like, this is where I just always am like, you know, I mean, and this has nothing to do with the cap, but you're always just like, you know, maybe was there a chance to trade Jalen? Could you have used Jalen to get something else? And that opens up another can of worms. But I think if you were going to keep him, you had to be willing to give him this max contract. Yeah, I understand why they gave it to him. And obviously, as time goes on, it's good chance it looks better. That's only going to be the biggest contract in the league until next year when Tatum signs his Supermax. Right. Um, but um, I, again, back to the middle class thing. Uh I think the the bigger question is, is this the end of the Zach Levines, the uh, Bradley Beals, those type of guys getting no-brainer max deals? I got to say, I, I would have to imagine, yeah, because that's even more egregious. That's like, that's, those ones are definitely way more egregious. Like, like Jalen, you can, in the end, there's definitely still just, you can still justify it. Uh, what, like, yeah. like, I don't agree with it, but at the same time, I w I'm not saying he completely doesn't deserve or anything like there's a legitimate uh case to why he he deserves it uh, but then there's like top 40-ish players like Devonta Sabonis basically got like a max contract uh he yeah, got like yeah. he got so much money uh these are guys that are aren't even like they're they're not all-stars every year uh 
so the question is, will that will that start to uh, temper? I don't know. Seems like some play. It might some. We might start to see some negotiation from teams finally with those types of players. Yeah. Uh, but then, as we saw, like in Sacramento just now, uh, it'll probably still happen. You'll probably still see some guys getting uh, a ton more money. And when those players get like max money or close to it, that's taken away from uh, someone else theoretically. So yeah. uh, wh- whoever got squeezed this offseason, and there's like a number of guys that got the minimum that are like farly, like, like they, I mean, they, yeah. they deserve way more. Like there's a pretty big. Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon got a minimum. And like, he's obviously not what he once was, but he's definitely more than a minimum guy. Yeah, there's a lot of good guards. I mean, yeah. the guard market was oversaturated, like Malik Beasley, Dennis Smith Jr., Lonnie Walker, uh, just to name a few. Like, there's way more guys that got the minimum that earned, deserve way more. Um, but um, it's – in the end, like, I think those guys got squeezed mainly because of these contracts that already existed and now, like, the new system just kind of came in and it still threw some teams off whack. So hopefully uh, teams do start to negotiate more. Uh, there's no more, there's less no brainer max contracts. And uh, in the end that makes that theoretically would help. I think that's ultimately, it's like a, one of the bigger factors to what will help the middle class. Uh, if, if we see more negotiation on the, uh, on the highest ends, that would help the players in the middle. Yeah, and I think, you know, the the I think the the weird thing is if you do get those negotiations at the high end, um, like it'll it, it's going to take something. But you could see a scenario where a guy is like, like you mentioned Zach Levine, right? And you could see a guy like Zach Levine. Let's say he hits the market at the same time as I don't know, um, who's like a solid two guard that. That isn't an all-star or something. Like Tyler right? but, Hero? Yeah, let's say Tyler Hero. And let's say Zach Levine is sitting there with you know like, uh, the Bulls, and he's like, look, I need the max. you got to give me the max. If Hero's sitting there at the same time, and he's like, look, you give me $30 million a year, I'm there. And I've, like it might create, actually, one, I think it's going to eventually restore value to the unrestricted free agent market because of this, because I think teams will be more willing to negotiate and not just try and not be so scared of like, well, if we don't give him the money and he hits the market, like, oh my God, what could happen? I think they'll be will- more willing to play that game. And then the other side of this, which which I don't know if this is a good or bad thing for you, but like, you know, in baseball, you see this all the time where, I mean, it's the one sport, which is, it's also bizarre, but like the top free agents with the market and they'll sit there for like, you know, until fucking training camps like pretty much done and then finally they'll sign but i think you could see scenarios where a guy is like you know negotiating for a max and that's just not going to happen instantly because teams are trying to negotiate the price down and i i wonder if you can see like some of these you know we're so used to this like you mentioned like this bombardment of deals as soon as free agency opens i wonder if now you'll see a little bit more time and restraint given because teams maybe aren't as like willing to just, well, look, let's just give them the money now. Because this is the other part of it too. I think 
teams got very accustomed to look let's and and players and agents got accustomed to this too right where it's like look let's just take the money now let's let's or we can give them the money now from the team's perspective and we'll figure it out you know we'll figure it out later we'll figure out but like and and maybe you can elaborate on this but i think with the introduction of these you know the first and the second apron and the restrictions they introduce in how you're able to trade this seems to me like the, the the strategy of sign guys and figure it out later, regardless of what it does to your immediate cap situation, is not as viable as it was under the previous uh, CBA agreement. Um, I want to believe that teams are going to start feeling that way, but as long as the as long as the cap keeps going up, I think that most of these contracts will still be tradable maybe the value will go down but you're still going to have a team that wants these players like like uh again we're kind of we, zach levine seems to be like the, the <laughs> prime example today but you're, you're on a Knicks podcast so don't worry we, yeah. we had a lot of zach levine conversations out here but that's just a, a guy like i don't i wouldn't give up really like much for him but if i'm a team that could use him and even if this, my cap situation isn't the cleanest, but like it could kind of work and I have to give up too much, like, okay, you know, like it's definitely worth the conversation. I still consider it. So in the end, there's, still, there's always going to be a team that wants these guys as long as they're still producing uh, and, and the cap keeps going up. I, I, I think at some point, I don't know when we will start to see diminishing returns uh, or the, in the cap eventually kind of plateauing. And if if we're I don't know how close we are to that, but if it ever comes, uh, that's kind of when you know the, the that's kind of when the party stops and the what how, what you sign a player to really matters because everyone is signing players to contracts with the idea in mind that the cap's still supposed to go up. Uh, it's, now the cap can go up more than ten percent. And it seems like it's for most of the next few years, it's still going to go up 10% at least. So uh, yeah, as long, as long as the cap goes up, like it just, it just doesn't matter. Like at some point uh, the, the percent, the, the percentage of that player salary is going to be low enough where you can make something happen. Uh, and I don't think, yeah, so I don't think we're close to that plateau anytime soon. Uh, the, the just sign now, worry about it later. Just it's probably still going to happen. I think we're we're going to see more patience, uh, more like like longer quote unquote holdouts. I guess is with extensions and trades. We're kind of seeing it right now with the Dame uh, and the Harden stuff. Like that's taken a while, um, and um, you know we'll see. There's some uh, I think because in the end now, yeah, for agency, it's not what it was cap space isn't being used to sign players honestly like like you're supposed to more than half the cap space this year was used to acquire players under contract or renegotiate uh existing players um so uh like i i think if the free if the money is being made on extensions and trades then in those areas we could start to see uh, more patience, heavier negotiations. I think the this free agency like blow up all like like just how it gets done all at once. I don't it doesn't seem like that's going to go away anytime soon. 
what I was wondering with the second apron thing, and I, and I I think the aprons are they're confusing to a lot of people. I feel less confused than others, but I still feel somewhat confused. Um, so with the second apron, is it like if you're over the second apron, when you trade a player out, can, you can't aggregate salaries out, but can you aggregate salaries coming in? And you can't take in more than like what you're sending out, correct? If you're over the second apron. So uh, it's also for uh, is it for okay yeah if you're over the second apron you can't uh, trade multiple players salaries to combine to add them together that's what aggregation that's what aggregation really means like I'm I haven't gone through the CBA to know if if it means they cannot trade two players in general because you could trade two multiple players but not aggregate them. But just in terms of right, aggregating right. the salaries and combining them to get that bigger salary, yeah. One, if you're over, if the trade puts you over the second apron at the end, if you're over it at the end of the trade, yeah, you that's not allowed. Uh, but the reverse is allowed. The 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 the, the CBA, the second apron rules are kind of motivating teams that are big spenders to deconsolidate to trade their most expensive guys for uh, multiple role players. And we haven't, I don't think we've really seen that happen yet. I don't think we've seen like the Clippers or the Warriors trade any of their uh, highest paid players for multiple. uh, Like we saw Jordan Poole get traded for Chris Paul, but that's kind of like an even salary trade. Um, that was like a long-term salary dump for a Golden yeah. State effect. I, I think there was the – like when DeAndre Aiden was available, that was one where it seemed like, okay, they're probably going to trade him for two or three guys and just fill out the depth because they yeah, were going to be and actually, no what. Yeah, and we've actually kind of seen – we're seeing the opposite with the Clippers where they seem like they want to get Harden. Um, so, like, obviously they would need to aggregate side for that. But – it's like that's one thing they can do that right now because the second apron doesn't really it doesn't kick in until after this upcoming season, right? Like those those stringent restrictions. But that's that's where I'm curious about like what those teams do because Boston is another example of this, right? They've kind of just been like once they made the Porzingis trade, it was pretty obvious they were just like we're just gonna go over the second apron and. Like, we'll figure that out whenever we need to figure that out. But I'm curious about that because I'm looking at their roster and you look at their rotation and it's like, okay, they basically have seven guys, right? They've got Tatum, they've got Brown, they've got Porzingis, Horford, who's about 7,000 years old, Robert Williams, um, Mount Brogdon, and Derek White. And then it's like, okay, you've got like Peyton Pritchard and, you know, some other guys they've drafted, these fringer guys. But it's a situation where I'm like, in a year from, I, I wonder if that was part of their thinking with Jalen Brown, where it's like, we don't necessarily love this contract. We got to give it. And in a year from now, if we need to trade him to build out our depth again, we'll have that opportunity. So like, so what, what you're saying is if they decided that they, they can't come aggregate salaries to go after another guy, like to get one player in or even two players in, but they can trade Jalen Brown himself for like three guys, as long as it brings them to a lower salary than what they're sending out. Correct. Correct. Yeah, they. W- yeah, uh, you can't also increase payroll in the trade. You gotta take in no more than you're giving out. 
uh, a lot of trade restrictions, basically, like sign and trade gets, they basically can't really do sign and trades, uh, like signing mm-hmm. and trading their own free agent out, uh, can't send out cash. Right now, all it is is they can't, uh, for this year, just no mid-level exception, no buyout players for uh, players making mm-hmm. over the mid-level. Right. Uh, I think something else. But yeah, everything else really starts to kick in next year. And so, so because of that, you got the Warriors, you got the Clippers, you got the Suns. They don't, it really doesn't matter this year because even the draft penalties, uh, that stuff doesn't kick in till next season. So uh, everyone's pretty uh, – no one really cares this year about – but we'll see what happens next year. But already next year seems like there's – a lot of the same teams are going to be over it. Uh, I think – very like the Clippers. I mean, uh, not the Clippers. Uh, well, the Clippers. Okay, assuming they keep Kawhi and George, they'll probably stay over it. The Warriors could actually. There's a window where they stay below it uh, after they, yeah, uh, they presumably right. cut Chris Paul. We'll see. Uh, but they even then they're probably well, like because Clay comes off the books, right? And so does Chris Paul. But like, I mean, if they want to bring them back, who knows what their salaries are? But yeah. Yeah, like if they cut Chris Paul and then bring back uh, Clay Thompson at something a little less than what Chris Paul's going to make, they'll probably be below the second apron. Uh, but then you got like the Celtics; they're going to be over it for sure. The Grizzlies—they're going to—they're right now set to be over it after giving Bane that deal. They're mm. paying Jaw, Bane, uh, Jaron, and Smart a lot of money. Uh, they seem ready to spend. And when I first read about the second apron, my first thought is like, okay, like who would want to go over this? This honestly doesn't, it's not worth it. It seems like, especially when, yeah. it, when it like affects you in the draft in the future, it just seems like, it just seems like a nightmare. But if you're then, but if you're not willing to go over it a little bit, then you're kind of falling victim to, the uh what i like to call having too many good players problem and i think that's something that the grizzlies they've kind of uh are in that issue where they almost like last season uh this past season once adams got out and they needed to add another big guy no clark no adam they had to cut kennedy chandler and so they could make room for kenneth lofton and they still have all their draft picks going forward uh they could have some guys that break out this year do they get paid? The Pelicans are another team like that where they already are paying some of their best guys a lot of money, and they still got it. Yeah. And then they got Trey Murphy on the way, uh, the Alvarado. We'll see what happens with Dyson Daniels. Like those are teams that they draft so well, they're gonna have, and they're probably gonna run into a problem of do you pay everybody? But if you have the Pelicans, have really- the, yeah, I was just gonna say their situation's so weird too because it's like. They have no idea what the hell Zion and Ingram even look like together because they just have never played, basically. And you're right. They've got all these contractual situations that are on the horizon. I mean, I I follow a few Pelicans guys on Twitter, and they're like, like I mean, they both just, they're they're like, look, like, this was probably a summer they needed to do something to, like, consolidate. and, And, but like, I mean, like, nothing happened this summer that you could look at and be like, well, why didn't they do that? Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Like they're definitely a team where it's it's like kind of sneaking up on them. And I think you know Ingram is actually extension eligible this summer. Uh, he he can sign like a three year, 
$145 million extension to his existing contract. But then again, like he could also be in a situation where he's like, look, like if I can just stay healthy, I've got a shot at making all NBA. Then I become super max eligible. And that's, you know, that's a shit ton of money. So yeah, like I, I think you're absolutely right that there are these teams that have been keeping their powder dry in, in a way. And it's like having powder dry is great. You know, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Um, but it also eventually is going to force you into making tough decisions. And um, like the Knicks are another team where I think, I, I think, you know, we'll get a Josh Hart extension here pretty soon. We will, I think we're probably going to get an Emmanuel quickly extension this summer. That won't kick in until obviously the following summer. Um, but like by next summer, I mean, the, the cap jumping will probably just about save them and keep, still keep them under the first apron. But like you're playing now very much on the fringes. And I think um, it's going to force a lot of these teams that have been patient and waiting for the right guy and waiting for the right guy, waiting for the right guy, where it's like in the next year, two years, a few of these teams are going to have to make some tough calls. And um, that can come in the form of, you know, basically cutting talent in terms of, you know, not necessarily getting the value you want for them or, you know, consolidation. And maybe you even have to overpay just because, You'll be competing with these other teams that are like, no, no, we need to consolidate. We we need to consolidate. Yeah, so uh, like a team like like the Grizzlies or the Pelicans, I'll just mm-hmm. stick with the Grizzlies for now because they are pretty much set to go over the second apron. They did everything they needed to do to get into that position and sustain it because once you're over the second apron, you can't really do much in terms of trades to get better. You can't. You don't have any exceptions, so you can't really sign anyone good in free agency. So your best way to improve the team is through the draft. So you already got all these good young guys that need to get paid. Uh, as long as you're willing to pay them, great. But then you're kind of set with this team. But thankfully, the Grizzlies still have all their draft picks going forward. Yeah, maybe they want to try to do a consolidation trade now. Get an, uh, like a really good three, like OG, uh, someone like him. But if that doesn't happen, they still have all their picks to help sustain uh, you know, the draft, maybe do tra- trade those guys later if needed for the pieces you need. The Pelicans, they have like a crazy surplus. So if they're willing to spend, they can spend a lot of money, be over the second apron, and they will they can trade picks to m- uh, make upgrades later and still have some left over to, uh, mm-hmm. to keep their roster spots uh, afloat. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I just think that... Uh, it, if, I think that's the best way. I think a team like Utah, OKC also, like if they are willing to spend, they're in a great position too. So I I just think that as of now, it seems kind of encouraging that I think we do have maybe more teams than I anticipated willing to go over it. Like if you have five teams willing to go over it, I think that's like a pretty, I think that's like a pretty generous number per year.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.